Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everybody Fits podcast and this week we've got the lovely Becky on. Hi Becky, how are you? Hi, I'm great thanks, thanks for having me, how are you? Great, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you and hearing about everything that you've been up to. <laughs> it's so exciting, welcome and thank you so much for, for coming on. You're very welcome. <laughs> But just to start off with, do you want to just give a little bit of your background, who you are, what you do? So my name's Becky Scott. I am a plus size fitness instructor who delivers classes under the brand Misfits Workout, um, which is my own, like my own classes. Um, and I also am a This Girl Can um, classes instructor and a director of an organization called Fitness Professionals Against Weight Stigma that supports fitness professionals who are against weight stigma. <laughs> the clues in the title a little bit with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't like the collaboration of naming that particular organization was like, you know, we didn't go too creative. We thought be like Ron Seal and do exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> Uh, it's what it's what you need because when you're searching for anything like that it's very few and far between so at least it directly gets you there yeah so how long have you been working in the fitness space then so are we still in june so three years this month <laughs> so oh, I, yeah. I saw it was nearly your birthday <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was so um the my first class was on the 10th of june in 2019 so i was um doing my qualification very slowly over the kind of year or so before that it wasn't quite a year and i qualified in april that year um ahead of like a local event that I wanted to deliver a class at. So I'd signed up to deliver the class before I'd qualified and then was like, right, that'll keep me motivated. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, I um, sort of decided to do the training over the year before having been in classes myself and enjoyed it. And someone suggested that they thought I'd make a, a good instructor. And I was already kind of working a little bit in kind of blogging around like, like plus size fitness as a, a, you know, as a client and how I was exercising to be stronger, fitter, all of those things rather than weight loss. Um, and so, yeah, it sort of happened by accident, but yeah, about three years, although I've now been exercising regularly and consistently for about eight or nine years. What were you doing before, um, before you became a, an instructor? So I still work part time in the job that I was doing before and I work at a university in an admin role. I manage a team of like student services staff and we look after um, the students in our department with different queries and stuff. But yeah, very different. <laughs> yeah. And how did you find the um, the qualification and the learning? I mean, what where were you with your have you have, have you always been against diet culture i mean what where were you in your diet culture journey as you were taking the qualifications oh i wish i'd always been against diet culture wouldn't that be a lovely story that was probably a really silly question like, <laughs> um, i actually i've got a, i've got one friend who i know that has always been anti-diet like I've got one friend that has never, ever dieted that is plus size. She is like a diamond in the rough. I've never met anyone else. Uh, no, I'm very much uh, a new recruit to the anti-diet um, fat liberation world, really. Um, I have pretty much been uh, like on a diet or some sort of food restriction from about the age of eight until my 30s. So we're talking a good 20 years right deep in diet culture for sure um and then after the birth of my children um i sort of started wanting sort of like had sort of dipped my toe in understanding a little bit about kind of it was sort of plus size fashion bloggers actually where i started out where i started to want to feel better about my appearance to begin with um and so i was following some like incredibly gorgeous plus size um bloggers on Instagram and reading their blogs and kind of some of their posts really re resonated with me around, um, you know, about how it was okay to be plus size and comfortable with our bodies that it didn't have to be about changing them. And yeah, like the snowball effect kind of happened from there. So I was still really into diet culture when I found them and I just wanted to look and feel better in my body. And then as I've kind of like unpeeled that onion and learned more about 
you know the toxicity of diet culture and how it's actually you know how it actually is like bad for us in so many ways <laughs> I've kind of moved further and further away from diet culture and um, by the time I was a fitness professional I was completely out but when I started this most recent exercise sort of plan or whatever it was eight or nine years ago that was still kind of with weight loss as a focus at the very beginning but as I found things that I enjoyed and I started to do more and realized that my body weight wasn't really changing I kind of questioned that a little bit more and thought well I'm exercising a lot so and I'm eating a sensible kind of diet I'm not not restricting but I'm not binging or I'm not like I'm eating the same as my thin husband uh pretty much you know and so I started to think there's got to be more to this and then kind of did a bit more research about it and realized that oh my goodness I wasn't a freak and it wasn't just me that this was happening to that you know it's actually biology and it's my body keeping me alive um and it's you know the reason that my body is the way it is is possibly I'm possibly bigger as a result of weight cycling I've probably caused myself more harm through dieting so a little bit of kind of getting over the fact that I may never be thin well I would say I don't even think it's may I will never be thin like that's not something that's possible for me and my body and kind of grieving that process and then accepting how I am now and sharing that with others and saying like it's okay we can still we can still care about our bodies and look after our bodies and follow healthful behaviors if we choose to um in the in the body we have now like my body weight may change and it might not but if but if i can be strong and able for as long as is possible for me like that's what i want to do so yeah i think we've gone off on a tangent but you get you catch my drift so yeah so so i've considered myself to be although i feel like 10 years anti-diet is quite a long time in my 40 years like I'm still very much undoing and unlearning a lot of the stuff that I've done for the majority of my life yeah I think it's a lifelong process isn't it like we've spent that long being indoctrinated and, and told all of these things it's not like you suddenly change your mind about it and overnight it all all disappears and and you're okay with everything straight away but it must for you it must have been so freeing when you finally realized that because I know all three of us we've all been in that deep in diet culture and it's so consuming it's all consuming and it's not just you that it affects it affects the people around you as well because things like even going out for dinner or having a family party a family barbecue like it's always in the back of your head and I know having young children yourself and you know being married all these like it must have affected your immediate family when you finally decided to feel comfortable with yourself yeah I think so I feel like I was I feel like not wanting to pass on my own body hang-ups to my family uh to my children particularly was what was really important for me. And also, although I've always seemed quite confident on the outside, and I have, like I've been very, like people won't believe some of the things that I say that I felt about myself when I was in diet culture, because on the outside it looks very similar, but people who know me really well can see a difference in my kind of confidence rather than it being for show, it being a bit more genuine, so like yeah it's it's been like really liberating really liberating and i would not have been able to do the things that i've done well i wouldn't have had the brain space to be able to do the qualification so i did my level two kind of basically in evenings and weekends here and there like an odd hour here and there around other commitments um i would not have had the brain space to be able to do that or the commitment to it because i would have been hungry or meal planning or um, any of those things um so yeah like it's completely changed my life and I'm such a huge advocate for moving past that and it's not to say that like if individually people can do whatever they like like I'm not I don't have a problem I have people who come to my classes who go to um weight loss groups that are intentionally trying to change the way that their body looks um and that like if that's the 
place that they're in and that's the place that they're in that's not for me to judge i was in that place for 20 years so it's not for me to go like oh you know that's not what we do here it's up to individuals but seeing like just being around people that are not doing that can be a real eye-opener for other people um and yeah so for me it's about being visible and having these conversations about what i do and how it's affected me and about what the science or the research tells us so that other people can make their own decisions and that's like that's what's important it's not about saying you should do what i do because what i did is probably like dying for 20 years don't do what i did like <laughs> i think it's so important to let people make people aware that there is another way there's another way to live it doesn't have to be this way and just saying you know just opening their eyes to it because i never knew that there was another option but to just diet because my body's naturally not thin um genetically it's not it's not and um I, i'm like you I, i'll never be thin uh, and and it's been probably much like you a journey to realize that okay and and, and accept it and then some days i'm like not as accepting as others of that fact but um i think it is so so important just to to let as you say just to let people know there is another option here it is we're here when and if you need us um but in the meantime let's just move for fun and yeah and that's it really and i think you learn a lot more from uh like being around and witnessing that kind of thing rather than somebody just telling you like you can read a book or do all of those things and it's not to like there are some fabulous books out there that i've learned an awful lot from but i feel like seeing it in real life witnessing people enjoying moving their bodies uh individuals consistently showing up and enjoying it for the first time often the first time in their lives either they've exercised and jumped on and off that bandwagon for different things which is what i was like before or they've literally never ever been to an exercise class since they left school because it's just like a hideous idea and brings them trauma the idea of it and those people are now exercising regularly for sometimes the first time in their lives enjoying it and feeling the benefits of that feeling more confident feeling happy in their bodies feeling stronger feeling more mobile like that's surely that's the real point here like let's look at like that alone regardless of what people think about dieting if they're doing all of those things that's that's huge and that makes such a big difference yeah absolutely yeah and there's so something so satisfying we were saying this the other day um um amy and i um on a, on a different episode that we were recording that we put so much love and and towards our clients and we so want them to to feel that freedom and to to be able to see them experience that i think that's why we're in the that's why we're doing what we're doing really i think i think it's just something that's so you can't beat it really no absolutely not like it's yeah it's um i'm without sounding cheesy it's like a magical moment when you get those messages from people and it's amazing the things that um resonate with people like i've got um like a super fit hero sticker on my box that i've got like my first aid kit and stuff in and it's you know i exercise because i love my body not because i hate it it's a sticker that's been on there for i don't know how long i've been using that box two years let's say and uh, somebody sent me a message to say that like seeing that really resonated with them. I hadn't pointed it out, I didn't message it, I'm not shoving it down anyone's throat, but reading that in a class really kind of instilled in them the fact that they're there because they care about their body um, and that that's really helped change their relationship with exercise. Um, that wasn't necessarily intentional. It's there if people want to see it. And like, so it's the small things. And then when I was talking about that yesterday, because I've forgotten to take a picture of the sticker to put it on Instagram, like I'd, um, when I was taking the picture, someone else in the class said, oh yeah, no, I've noticed that. And, you know, and started to tell me their little story about this sticker. Um, so yeah, like you don't necessarily know what the little sign will be that will let somebody know that there's an alternative like you just have to kind of put it out there and people that are interested will respond and those that are not will let you know that they're not <laughs> yeah, they sure will yeah. 
So the classes, um, I know that they're massively popular. You've always got loads of people in person and online. And obviously you yourself have won an award for inclusive fitness. Um, I have, yeah. <laughs> so have they always been so well received? I mean, we all get, you know, pushback from people. Um, how, like, how have you dealt with that? Have you experienced a lot of it? Or has it been, more, I would imagine, more positive than negative, you would hope, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, it has been more positive than negative. Like, my classes are fairly popular, both in person and online. Um, I've definitely got a very, uh, like, committed group of regulars, both online and face-to-face, and I'm very lucky to have them. Um, And we do have people that come and go as well, that try it and that it's not for them. I don't get an awful lot of pushback from people that have been to classes. People vote with their feet. They either come back or they don't. Um, But I do get quite a lot of people who have got quite severe anxiety and those kinds of things who find it really difficult to commit to a regular exercise program and having a kind of like open door friendly policy where it doesn't matter if you haven't been for a week, two weeks, a month, a year, two years. I just had somebody come back this week that hasn't been since before lockdown. So that was her first class back. Just, you know, life has got in the way. Uh, And so she came back and it was like she'd never been away, you know, having that kind of friendly atmosphere makes it as accessible as possible and that's really part of what I wanted to create in terms of an inclusive space um but yeah I do get pushed back um there are people uh, in the fitness industry and just in real life online that think it is a massive joke to have a fitness instructor that is also uh you know a size 28 there's i don't know any other fitness instructors that teach the same sort of classes as i do that are the size that i am there are some some fabulous yoga instructors around of a similar size to me um but you know it's a rarity and therefore it's seen as a little bit of a freak show sometimes and i do get comments usually things like oh you want to look after your knees or um other judgments made about how the size of my body couldn't possibly be healthy in their eyes um and you know telling me those kinds of things quite a lot but though that's like they're working through their own stuff like that's not really my problem um i know that my knees are fine (laughs) well mostly um i know that my body is like my knee and ankle pain was worse when i was 15 and doing ballet and i don't know definitely less than half the size that i am now um so like uh, let me and my doctor worry about my knees like it's really nobody else's business and mostly the kind of troll sort of behavior either comes from absolute idiots who are going out of their way and searching particularly for particular hashtags in order to uh you know sabotage the movement or they are from individuals who are still really caught up in diet culture, usually on their own weight loss journey and currently losing weight. Those guys are vicious. <laughs> they do not like the idea that you might tell them that their weight might plateau and then go up again. They certainly don't like it when you use yourself as an example of when that has happened and how much, I don't talk about how much weight I have lost specifically, but I was a very, very good, good, in inverted commas dieter i was able to lose weight um i just was never able to keep it off because my body was like this is not the size that you're supposed to be so i'd go back up and then some and when you tell people that that's your personal experience and that is what is also outlined in the research they don't like it because you're kind of taking that dream away from them and i understand that i would have been the same there would have been a point where well in fact I know I've made fat phobic comments about people um, in the past when I was still very much in diet culture. Um, I, I'm i not going to quote myself, but I can think of some of the things that I've said that I would just never say now because I don't believe those things. Um, and yeah, so you can't, I kind of try to think that people have made whatever comments they've made from the position that they're in. And if they don't like what I'm doing, then what I'm doing is not for, not for them. I know that there are people that will benefit from it. Some of them won't even know it yet. Some of them are ready now. Some of them might be ready in the future. And hopefully I'll be around when, or, you know, a similar service or a class or 
person will be around when people are ready but it doesn't have to be me necessarily so yeah so I kind of think I'm at a point now where judgments about my body are not my concern (laughs) yeah I heard this quote um about disrupting the industry um and creating a brand and um it was in order to do that you need to piss 80% of people off and get the 20% um and you need to create um an emotional reaction and I feel like you know that emotional reaction is triggered one way or another um with the sorts of things that that we do um with with not being in diet culture and promoting that very strongly within um you know what we do and I think that's where that's where you get people we're not here for everybody and that's the point that's literally the point of what what we're doing well we are here for everybody yeah, i was gonna say the not, irony not. is it's actually helpful for everyone even those people that are in diet culture it's just they don't see it like that but yeah, yeah we're like, not here for those people that are um trying to basically whether they whether they realize or not intentionally profiting off body shame um we're not not here for for those people we're here for the people that that need um another way to live and I think that with stuff like this it does trigger a lot of emotions one way or another um people can relate I think um very very strongly and, and people sort of put their identities very strongly on um how they look and um how they eat and it's all connected um mm. So it's really interesting, you know, but I like, I like what you said. It's, it's to do with them and their problems. And it, it, it's because I get trolling sometimes as well. And, and you do, and it's so obvious that they're, they're literally going through the hashtags and they're just like that. I had one that was um, anti haze and um, that was their actual, um, um Instagram like profile name yeah something. um and uh I ended up blocking them because they just kept on like every time I posted a um a, a post and it and, and it was a hashtag haze they would they'd be like on it and they just obviously anyone that uses that they go and then they just troll and it's like seriously you need to get a hobby <laughs> yeah you just you just wonder what like what people are like I put something on about um your body weight is about more than what you eat and it's like 80% of it is actually genetics and like top and someone commented and was like pretty sure if you've got um good genetics but you still eat like terribly then you're gonna be fat and I was like why are you even bothering like this is not what the conversation is about and I just was like okay and I think that's also incorrect like I've got a friend of mine who whilst she was uh, breastfeeding was losing weight quite rapidly so she was advised by her doctor to do things like have full fat cream on her cereal rather than milk to try and up her calories so her diet was super calorific oh well that's like super calorific expectations <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even plan to make that joke but she was on like a really high calorie diet um, and still unable to put on weight like it's not as simple as that we know it's not as simple as that um but yeah it's, it's totally true like if i was to have the same diet as one of you two even for a year or you were to eat my diet even like for a year we would not end up the same size we just wouldn't like bodies are just different um and like we just have to accept that the same as we wouldn't all expect to wear the same size shoe this is the bit i don't get we don't like freak out when someone's got massively big feet or really small feet we just move on with our lives and accept that feet are different sizes and yet we can't do that with clothes we have to or heights like oh aren't you i mean we have to comment oh aren't you tall (laughs) but but, you know there's no judgment yeah. yeah we don't then go oh like you you're at risk of i don't know whatever it is that you're at risk of if you're taller i bet there's some correlation somewhere but yeah. you know we just don't do that like it's yeah i find it in, in incredibly uh interesting when you kind of unpick all of those reasons why fat phobia is such a big thing so 
and it's yeah. it's so like prevalent in the fitness industry as well so so many fitness professionals have such bad fat phobia but they don't even they won't realize that they have fat phobia because we are taught that from the outset that people move their bodies to change their bodies and mm. that's that's what we should expect from our clients so I do think there are minority getting bigger but there there are a minority of us that are trying to change that narrative and yeah like the training the training is terrible for that like the training is actively fat phobic like I'm currently doing my level three um exercise referral and I have found it so traumatic because the way that they talk about bodies like mine is just so offensive like so offensive there's just no need for it um, and the idea like you know like even suggestions like exercise at cooler times in the day so that I don't overheat like that's good advice for everyone like I'm like you are you sure are you sure yeah. <laughs> or you know like start off with walking we should probably I don't like running but like if somebody said to me should we start off with walking like I'd just be like you are kidding me and I st- well, I deliver beginners classes intentionally beginners classes and we work up from there and people can step off at the point that they are happy with that but it's not done in a patronizing way it's done in a like you know as you would you'd be warming up at the beginning of a class so that's where we all start and then you know star jump or half jack if you feel like it you know don't yeah so I've just found the whole qualification thing incredibly stressful because it's yeah it instills that shaming it sort of tells us that that's our point and for everything everything when they're talking about all of the positive things about exercise every single time it's like talking about weight loss um and when you're talking about conditions like i don't know um arthritis for example actually that might be negative that might be a negative thing because if you're losing weight you're losing muscle and that could cause more pain in your patients like I just yeah I find it uh like it's so ingrained that weight loss is the focus it's no wonder that the fitness industry is so fat phobic like yeah yeah. I'm I'm doing the same at the moment currently the exercise referral um and yeah I've I've spoken to Amy in the past I, I was at a workshop and that was horrendous um and uh yeah so fat phobic and I, I I just do you, when you um have you been to any workshops do you, is, it, is it all no, mine's all online it's uh, you're lucky <laughs> well I don't know if I am <laughs> I just um I, w- I was in Manchester and I had a, a day and a half of it and um by the end of the first day I was I I, I was very vocal I, I'm wasn't very popular because of it um and the, the second day that I returned I was broken I was like I, I, I'm so tired and then it took me a couple of weeks just to get over it mentally um like how awful it was I mean it's bad enough the yeah the, the texts that, that they um that they use and and, and what, what what um was it you that then created this um fitness professionals against weight weight stigma that was it you that that created it with somebody else with, yeah with amy and emma so emma phd and amy's surname has gone out of my head for a minute Snelling. that's right i was like for goodness sake how can i forget her name <laughs> that's bad isn't it yeah so um it kind of it was like a lockdown kind of project really we um had there was a, a facebook group at that point where we were talking about you know the things that we we're always talking about Hayes kind of aligned fitness professionals and the things that we talk about and Amy started a petition to change the level two qualification to be more weight inclusive in some of the language. Um, and so we had like a meeting, a Zoom meeting around that uh, petition and how we could try and get that a little bit more broadly noticed. We had contact with Tally Rye, so um, 
she was involved she actually knows all three of us by coincidence like we'd all we've all had conversations with her separately so she came along to sort of talk it through and for whatever reason i don't know if simspur were like the um sort of you know the professional body for fitness uh i don't know if like during lockdown they didn't have much to do so their calendar was empty but for whatever reason they agreed to meet with amy who was sort of heading up the campaign at that point so she um had a meeting and she asked um emma and myself to go along um emma wasn't available so me and amy went along but like as i am an actual fat person myself like it's kind of nice to have representation from the people that are most uh impacted by this kind of uh, uh training well behavior from fitness professionals more broadly so we went along to this meeting they met with us and talked about um we talked about our concerns told them a bit about weight stigma and that kind of thing and they were kind of open to the idea of some training um that we could potentially advertise via simspa Um, and we've been working towards that we've got introduction to weight stigma training created we're just kind of um, finishing that off so that it's available for people that are not currently haze aligned to kind of let them understand kind of the damage of some of the language that we've learned and um the pro like the sort of things that are covered in the training so that's was sort of the aim um we've over lockdown been able to offer quite a lot of sort of online training sessions and some of those are still continuing with like science saturdays um but yeah it's kind of like now we're out of lockdown we need to work out what we want to do with it next so it's sort of um sort of started but now everybody's gone back to their day jobs and uh, all of the fitness professionals are busy and not sat at their computers anymore it's a lot harder to sort of like work out what we want to do next but still the aim is to try and eventually uh, bring about change in the qualifications so that future people that are going through these qualifications that we're going through don't have to relive their own traumas in the process so yeah that's (laughs) such important work that you're doing because that's that's where it starts if 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 we're all if all of the fitness professionals are all being taught the same thing they're just going to automatically think that it's right and this language is right and it's just breeding more and more and more and more weight stigma Mm -hmm. and it's just so if if you can get people at that stage when they're actually being taught this isn't right you need to respect people in all bodies yeah basic thing yeah well when we know like calories in versus calories out we know like research tells us that that's not correct and yet that's still what you learn as a level two like um and then you've also got the added issue that each training provider can interpret things slightly differently so so like i was really lucky my level two didn't really focus on weight particularly heavily i was able to kind of navigate around it to some extent whereas i know other people that have done level twos and they've been told that they have to create a poster about weight loss like that that is part of the criteria i didn't create a poster about weight loss and i've got a level two i've got the same qualification as them like exercise to music exactly the same and yet they were told that it was like an in like an integral part of the course and i was not made to do it so you know those kind of inconsistencies are one of my um, modules was um, I had to do for level two was exercise for fat loss. That oh, was a wow. Module. Yeah, same. Same, yeah. Is that the like gym instructor qualification rather than the exercise to music or? No, that's, um, that was for fitness class. So group fitness level two. Yeah. And oh, then wow. in, your, in level three, you do an, another very similar module which is essentially just diving in deeper um, wow. and that's that's when you get to do your lovely nutrition module nutrition where you find out what what calories people should be prescribed for their mm. weight and size and age and because mm. it's all mathematically worked out and it's just yeah, that would be time. fine if we were machines, but we're not machines. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Well, at the time, you just think, oh, well, this is science. Like, obviously, because everything else you're learning is very scientific. And then the more that you learn, the more you realise actually, it's it's completely 
wrong because it doesn't take into account any kind of individual differences whatsoever. Metabolism, Um, for example, you put someone on a low calorie diet, their metabolism slows down. Like it's yeah i mean the maintenance phase if if there's only one one thing that you listen to the two maintenance phase episodes oh yeah like if you're talking about if we're talking about the science behind this though if you can't be bothered to read any of the many books around anti-diet culture that the maintenance phase podcast the episodes around calories are like mind-blowing even after reading those books like it's so it, it like that's it it's all just utter nonsense like um and the reason that we the reason that it's 2000 calories a day do you know that's rounded down that's not even like when they did do the like science about what you did need it was actually like supposedly around 2000 uh, 2300 and they rounded that down because they said people would overeat and that was um, all based on uh, individuals self-reporting how many calories they'd eaten, which is known to be uh, like an un- like an unrealistic measure. Like we never tell the truth. We never know what we've actually had. So it's all based on utter nonsense. And that is like, and we go, oh, 2000, that's too many. Dieting must be less than that. So we are like, it's just utter nonsense. So yeah, calories are not the one. And the fact that we're then encouraging people to, exercise when undernourished like that's we're causing harm we're causing harm and we're teaching that to to children and you know young people teenagers are learning that stuff and developing those habits from such an early age like it's yeah it's really really troubling i had to do a um as part of the qualification, the nutrition side, a, a case study. I don't know if, if you had to do it as well, where um, you had to obviously weigh the person and find out how many, how much weight they wanted to lose, because obviously they wanted to lose weight um, and work out the calories. And I, um, I did that obviously um, put it in and I didn't get full marks. And the, re- the feedback that I got was, um, instead I gave the and it was my sister who did the case study on um and I gave her like a range of calories of like between sort of 50 plus 50 below the reason I didn't get full marks was because I had to give them exact an exact number of calories that they had to stick to each day which is ridiculous that is just asking for eating disorder because if you're telling somebody you have to have 1562 calories every day so then they have to weigh everything out and I used to do this when I when I was in the depths of diet culture and tracking my calories and I'd literally like cut off a little bit of like say um chorizo because I love chorizo and obviously it's like tiny little bits of cal so I t- t- chopped off a little bit and I'm like oh that adds an extra couple of calories oh no I'm going over by like three so I need to take that off and it's and you'd spend, I'd spend so much time in my kitchen, taking off a bit, putting some back and wrapping it up, saving it. And it's so bad. And literally, it's <laughs> like doing so much more harm than good. And the reason why you get people get marked down, because they're not telling people to, to do the exact amount. Because oh, I wouldn't be, I would not be able to do that. Like, I just would not be able to, no. uh, to, to tell anybody that. Like I really, there's not so much in the um level three one, uh, that I'm doing, and I'm pleased that I'm not doing the personal training for that reason. Like I did think about doing that, but the focus is so weight centric that I've just was yeah. like I can't um I can't put myself through this. But um even the little bit that I've got in mine is still a struggle. But you know, the those of us that are doing these qualifications are able to then uh change our practice once we're doing it with you know and we're not just changing it because we feel like it it's based on the research and continuous professional development that we've done um so i feel like change will come in time but it's not it's not going to be an overnight fix unfortunately (laughs) and i think there are there are i will say qualifications out there that you can do that aren't as weight centric Mm. so um I'm currently doing some extra qualifications with Faster Function and they're an excellent training provider 
Um, I'm doing biomechanics. I'm going to do my. I've, I've signed up to do my level four, um, as well as a couple of others. And in the first instance, you do have to log on, and you're supposed to put like your weight, your height, and everything in. But you don't have to. Like you skip you anything like that. You can completely skip through. Um, and if you ever feel uncomfortable about anything you can like you can whatsapp the trainers who are running it and speak to them and they'll be very open about it and I think that because it's trainers that are writing this and are already part of the industry and noticing these issues they're much they're just they're much better <laughs> the more well written and and I think that's the kind of qualification that well that's exactly what you're striving for with that pause yeah that's totally the that's of, the long-term dream yeah long-term dream it'll happen it'll happen Becky I hope you are so. like the dream team between you Amy and Emma I don't know how you manage it with everything else you've got going on I mean I, we had um our last podcast was with Jeanette mindset nutritionist yeah and I'm like you're saying about Emma, she was talking about Emma, we'll probably have a podcast with someone else who's talking, because everyone, everyone that's in this space, everyone sort of is linked to everybody yeah. else, and because we are, we are a minority, but we are growing. Yeah, totally, yeah, Jeanette and Emma are working together on a project, like, trying to challenge Beat on some of their work, Jeanette and Amy work together with Molly Forbes on Body Happy Org, so yeah, like, there's a lot of, um, overlap and links there and a lot of different projects going on all, all like with a very similar kind of vision and aim you know we're all looking for improved body image and uh you know a general health and well-being that's not focused on weight because we know that focusing on weight does not bring you general health and well-being like so yeah there's a lot of um work going on there and a really committed hard-working bunch of us behind the scenes including you two that are you know striving to move these things forward and the more we talk about these things the more times that we get this in the public eye and you know every time there'll be somebody new that will listen to this podcast or that will find a you know an instagram post that will in some way resonate with them and it will either help them to open the door to this world of information you know we've all had it for me it was reading um megan jane crab's book body positive power i don't know what it was about that book that um spoke to me i think it was probably the pretty pink color and her cool coloring colored hair but i was like oh this looks like it would be interesting and because she had included some of the quotes around uh, from the research or things from health every size um, and there was kind of a paper trail, I could then look up other books and find out more things. But that book for me was the kind of real start of my journey to prove my own body image. Um, and we'll all have an example like that of where it started for us. And we just might be that starting point for someone else. And I feel like that's really powerful. It doesn't have to be much, we just have to be visible and it might help someone else find find their liberation their freedom from this kind of diet culture um world that we live in this is the thing i think as well people have got to be um open to it and and i think because there's a lot of people that come across this sort of stuff and they're they just don't believe it it's like conspiracy theory like it can't be right that's that's not right we're when in a I... cult right do you get that yeah. you get told that that you're like we're making it up and it's all a cult none of it's real <laughs> but that's it but like because it's so like for me when I first started coming across this stuff I was like no I I um it was Naomi Wolf's um the beauty myth that I listened to um, which was the first and I was like no this is too much I can't no like just no and then I'd come across more and more and more and, I, and now I'm I, I do feel like I when I talk when I talk to other people about this sort of stuff that they think that I'm now the conspiracy theorist I'm like, like what no um and and I think a lot of people I, I've I've 
used to be I think I've spoken about quite a lot obsessed with the gym and and I I had quite a, a large sort of friendship group within the within the gym um, we always used to bond over our, our body hang-ups and I used to go like all the time um, and um, I don't they don't speak to me anymore because they're just like they don't get it but I, I've been I've completely changed to how I was when I was then so I get I suppose I do get it different one of the the things I'm focusing on are are completely different and they're still very much in that mindset so it's difficult it is it is difficult um but you need to be just with anything I suppose ready and and open um for it and in the right place it's like with any any relationship if it's a toxic relationship there be so many people when you're in it, in the depths of it, saying it's not good for you, it's not good for you, and you're like, no, no, no. And then you once you step out of it, you look back and you're like, oh yeah, no, that was toxic. <laughs> yeah, but I think as well you can you can know it and you can absolutely believe it and really, really, really resonate with it. But until you're ready, it's it's all just gonna go straight over your head. Because for me, I was. Oh, 100% for a really long time yeah yeah anti-diet culture anti-diet culture but still in it like mm-hmm. you you don't want to be in it but you're still in it and again yeah. we all we all have that one the one moment that one book that one thing and it was Tally Tally Rye's podcast mm-hmm. and I'll just I put it on one day and because her story was very similar to my story it was seeing someone else that had been in that situation step back from it and going, actually, I didn't, I didn't set a light. I didn't, nothing, nothing happened. I didn't die because I stopped dieting. I didn't, and it, it is that, oh, actually, yeah, you, you can do this. You don't have to live your entire life being told to constantly move. You're not allowed to rest day. You're not allowed to take time out. You're not allowed to eat something you know like it is just having that like you can't even say it's a light bulb moment because it's it's not I feel like it flickers for ages it's it's like a slow burn isn't it like oh or an itch that's there and then finally it's like oh I'll give that a little scratch because you feel ready like you're there and you you can do it because it it takes a hell of a lot as well like a hell of a lot and every I know you're saying like you're out of it but I I've spoken about quite a lot I've like had eating disorder background so it's always something that's in the back of your mind and it will you'll be in situations and it'll rear its ugly head but it's taking a step back and going actually I don't need to listen to these old thoughts or just because someone else is having a conversation about calories or diets or weight loss or exercise or like it's because it's so ingrained in society. It's ingrained in everything we do and everything. Walking down the aisle in Asda or Tesco and you look at all of the stuff that's on the shelves and it's it's 99% fat-free and it's low-calorie and it's that. And what infuriates me is half of the time, the foods that are there that are branded like that are branded like that because it will sell. Like... um diet protein powder diet protein powder has less protein and more calories in than a normal protein powder <laughs> but it, it sells better to women because women will buy it because it says the word diet on it it's like it's infuriating like why why yeah I was just thinking what you were saying Amy as well about like being out of diet culture like most of the time I feel like I am um, however, like as somebody who's in a bigger body, like I have like the fat phobia that I experience by the very nature of being fatter than both of you is like those pressures are strong. And I also have the added um, issue that for being a UK size 26, 28, there are many stores that don't stock clothing in my size. That's before we even start about fitness clothes and sports bras. So there's also that pressure that there's a worry that actually if my, like it's all great like to accept, embrace our bodies um, and embrace the way that they change. But the the truth of the story is, like, if my body continues to get bigger, um, I will then not be able to buy 
clothes that I need in order to live my life and like so there's sometimes times when you sort of go oh my goodness that so it's not just a kind of like accepting that you can wear a bigger size sometimes that's not possible or um you'll go to you know go to fitness spaces where the waiting room has got like really flimsy chairs or actually community spaces where we used to do chair workouts um, and we changed venues and the new venue had like folding chairs that were not comfortable for me and many of my class to be able to use so like there's real practical things that add to that so not to take anything away from your experiences and like at all but there are also extra things so even when I'm on my best uh, you know anti-diet body liberation days there can be things that sort of chip away at that and that's the real crux of it you know we really need to bring around we really need to like eradicate weight stigma and fat phobia so that those kinds of situations become less so that brands aren't embarrassed to take money from fat people to sell them clothes. Like, you know, those are the sort of things. Fitness spaces aren't embarrassed to have fat people using their equipment and doing so to build their strength rather than to lose weight. Um, not using us as before pictures rather, you know, like, show us as you know this is somebody being strong and capable and visible rather than trying to hide us um i think that's like a really important step i think we have got a hell of a long way to go i don't know if it will even happen in my lifetime but you know we do what we can to sort of help push that forward and like by having me here like you know you're centering the voices of people that are bigger than you and have different experience to you and that's you know that's really important to to do that so thank you yeah i know you're welcome and thank you for as i said before thank you for coming on but it 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 just it's so important what you've said um because you know we're about making fitness spaces more inclusive and and a lot of the time people think oh inclusive sort of like mentally so i feel better but actually they need to be more inclusive like literally so you can actually use the machines literally use the machines when you when you're yeah. in, in you know in, in, a, in a much larger body it's 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 ridiculous even the um sort of turn turn things when you walk into the gym um, yeah yeah turnstiles totally yeah just even things like that and 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 you know chairs with with arms on and you know and and it, well, it, isn't, isn't it ironic the fact that they're selling this thing of oh well you've got to exercise to lose weight if you're in a bigger body you need to exercise to lose weight but a we won't make clothes for people who are in bigger bodies to allow them to exercise to lose weight and b we won't make equipment that is accessible to people in bigger bodies to allow them to lose weight no it's almost like they want us to hide at home like <laughs> because yeah. that's what they like ultimately that's what society does want isn't it they don't want us to be there taking up space yeah. they um but yeah you're absolutely right about um equipment i was um i have been going to the gym uh in fact we talked about it before about uh, i've been doing some strength training and some of the ancillary exercises that i was given there um, my personal trainer is excellent and quite happy to adapt things if they don't work for my body. But um, I can't remember if it's the adductor or the other one, the one where you are pushing, like bringing your thighs together yeah. in, um, like the pads are on the inside of your thighs and then you push them together. I couldn't get into that machine comfortably. So she's like, oh, we'll do something else. But yeah. like if I had not been somebody who is confident and, happy in my fat body if that had been my induction as a as a timid nervous fat person um that would have i would not have gone back i would have been so embarrassed like and those kinds of things hap are happening all the time i saw a post the other day of a lady who went to a zumba class um, and her usual instructor wasn't there so there was a, a um, like a backup in instructor somebody else in the class was being really vocal about not liking this particular Zumba instructor because they they the pace was slower and this woman this other woman vocally said it might be fine for someone like her and pointed at this plus size lady who was posting about this mortified but it's not okay for me so the sort of suggestion that somebody bigger might be happy with a slower class but that it wasn't enough to like get her blood pumping just think like 
that's just so incredibly offensive. Now, this particular woman said she wasn't bothered and she'll go back next week. But imagine if she was bothered. Like, we shouldn't have to put up with that. It shouldn't be a thing. And for a lot of people, those sorts of comments stay with you. Mm. And, and you, you just replay, replay them in your head for years and years and years, sometimes even a lifetime. I know, if, especially if some if a comment like that was made when you're when you're young um, and, and you're developing, you know, as, as a child as well, it, it, it can really affect you. So people just need to stop bloody well commenting. <laughs> it's easier said than done. Like, but yeah. the fitness, the fitness spaces where I felt the most comfortable, it like, and there have been many over the years, is when there has been other plus size people there. Mm-hmm. So I remember an aqua size class when I was a teenager. I can remember going to um, like martial arts training um, and I can remember going to Zumba classes most recently. Going to the gym, I rarely saw a plus size person and I didn't, I didn't feel safe there. Like, um, but seeing other plus size people there made me feel like it was, and even if it was just one other plus size person, it made me feel like it was a space where I was welcome and felt safe because there was someone else who knew a little bit about what I was feeling and what I was going through. Um, and I guess that's sort of what I'm trying to create with my classes, although they're not specifically for plus size people, they're created by a plus size person. So by default, my experience is likely to be similar to other people of a similar size to me. Um, but also for people who are anxious or are like removing themselves from diet culture, recovering from eating disorders like I know quite a few people who are in recovery um, and the idea of going to a fitness space is really triggering for them so um, for those that are then ready they can come along to my class knowing that if diets or calories or any of those kinds of things are mentioned which they're not because everybody has to read those instructions before they come along but on the very you know the slight chance that that happens they know it will be challenged and that it won't happen again and I feel like that's that's the important thing, like having somewhere that you can go that feels safe and where those things will be challenged um, and that you won't be made to feel embarrassed or shame for for existing in those spaces. Yeah, I, I said this to Amy. Um, I'm repeating myself to you, Amy, um, but I find it so frustrating that people with eating disorders are actively encouraged not to go and do fitness because it's too triggering and that just shows you how much the fitness industry has fucked things up <laughs> like mm. the fact where something's gonna help at the end of the day fitness and movement we know can make you feel amazing it, and, and and it's it's so empowering and that's why we love it that's why we do it and for someone that's going through that uh, you know an, an eating disorder that could really, really, really help in in the right space. And so it's amazing that you offer and that we all offer safe spaces, but it there's not it's not enough. And it just literally proves how much the diet, the, the diet, the fitness industry has just fucked it up. And so it should be sorry. Yeah, totally. Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, you're absolutely right, because all we're asking actually is for mainstream fitness spaces to accept if somebody says, I do not want to talk about my weight, I do not want to talk about my nutrition, I do not want to talk about um physical changes, you know, uh, appearance-based changes to my body. That should be respected. It should not be that you say that and you're still said, well, we are going to have to weigh you like that should not happen. And it does happen. Or, yeah, but how much do you want to lose? Or, you know, that those conversations should not be happening. People should be respectful of individuals decisions to not want that to happen and that is just for the ones that are being vocal about it what about all those people that are too embarrassed to say that and just go along with it anyway out of politeness and like you know certainly a lot of people that I know that have been involved in diet culture are also people pleasers like you just do what is easy like you just do it because you want to be you want people to like you or you know whatever that situation is you don't want to be an inconvenience so like those people aren't even speaking out it should be an opt-in for those things rather than a like fight your way to not have to do them 100 percent. yeah um i was just gonna ask becky so when we did talk about the, the clothes and things 
obviously you do find clothes that fit you. I don't teach naked. You know, well, not today anyway. Not today. I bet there's a niche for that. <laughs> where, where do you find like comfortable clothes? So I, my leggings, I get, I, so I got a few older pairs from a, a, a brand called Rainbow Curve that are actually an American brand and they used to be um, available through ASOS, but they no longer are. So they were my favorites for a long time, but you can't get them in the UK. They, they don't supply them anywhere. I've even thought about contacting them and seeing if I, if I can be a supplier because I love them so much. Um, and I have occasionally imported some, but that's expensive now. Um, also, girl, like girl um, leggings are good, but I am in the very top size for them, which is a Sam. Uh, so I uh, they sometimes, particularly when it's hot, they are a little bit too restrictive for uh, exercise. So people who like a little bit of compression might find that they work for them or if people that are in smaller bodies than mine, they are an excellent and inclusive brand. They are really good quality leggings, but they are quite compression-y. <laughs> so it depends if that's the thing. And most recently, my new favourites and a lot of the leggings that I've been putting online over the last like few months have been from Rainbows and Sprinkles. Um, and they officially go up to a size 24. But as I said earlier, I'm size 28. And the size 24s are not, they're not in any way sort of shiny or see-through. This The pattern still in the bit where it's tightest is still just as uh, clear as where it's looser. So they are my current favourites. And I've even gone to the extent of buying some shorts, some cycling shorts for the first time since I was eight. <laughs> so that's very exciting. Um, and sports bras, I have tried a lot of different sports bras, but I find for me, my favourite is an Alomi Energize, which is, I wear a 42H, so they are quite, quite humongous <laughs> and uh, for jumping about and star jumps and that I definitely need a bit of support and it's an underwide sports bra it is a little less comfortable for things like yoga and that kind of thing because of the underwire they sort of dig in a bit but for security the rest of the time that that's my favorite and then I tend to wear my own t-shirts we've got misfits workout t-shirts that um I sell through um apples and pears which is a local like they're a plus size boutique but it happens to be run by a friend of mine so <laughs> she sells my t-shirts that go up to a 5xl and um, which is the size i wear so i would love to be able to offer bigger sizes but at the moment i can't find a supplier um when we've like worked down the existing stock i'm gonna have another look to find somebody that goes up to bigger sizes but yeah yes. that's what i wear that's a problem I'm having because I, I actually have a fashion background as well. I, I used to have a fashion label and I um I'm desperate I love sportswear. I, I use that's what I used to design. I have so many collections. Um and, and I keep coming up with these ideas and then I keep look, trying to find a supplier that's that's gonna because it's so important because obviously what, what we're about is inclusivity and I want to be able to offer you know sizes that, that that people can you know larger people can wear and um they only go up to a certain amount and it's so it's so frustrating because it's like I've got all these ideas and I know they'll sell but I don't want to offer them if they stop at a certain size because it's just going to completely contradict everything I'm about absolutely yeah I get approached by brands fairly often that are looking for plus size people to like promote their stuff but so often they don't have anything that fits me and I'm like they're like well can't you promote it anyway and I'm like no if like my clients some of my clients are my size or larger um and they need to be able to buy products too in fact I, f I get frustrated that sometimes I'm wearing the biggest size of a product like the girl ones and rainbows and sprinkles um I would love to like boycott them and not buy their products unless they offered bigger sizes. But then I literally would be teaching my classes naked. So um, like, yeah, but I appreciate exactly what you're saying. It's really difficult. Um, I also didn't, I only have t-shirts and hoodies and like, you know, that sort of thing. So it's literally printing up sort of standard 
ones but i didn't want just the like boxy cotton trader t-shirt i'm so bored of that i've got hundreds of those um i wanted something that felt like it had a bit of shape to it or looked a little bit different and trying to find something that wasn't a cotton trader t-shirt that boxy square shape and a color other than black or white above a 5xl was impossible i couldn't find it it didn't exist and i like during lockdown i put a lot of time and effort into that search and i could not find them yeah do you know what if if i wasn't putting all my energy into body image fitness i would look to create another business (laughs) which does this with my with my fashion background but maybe one day (laughs) we'll see in the future you're like looking at having to have like get them made yourself and that's like hugely expensive yeah well maybe one day kim yeah (laughs) between the two of you you can can rule the fashion industry the fitness fashion industry (laughs) just just completely one by one just just come at each industry (laughs) like just (laughs) i mean like you need systemic change across the board really don't you so but you've got to start somewhere and i feel like if you can make um you know, if you can, uh, like fitness clothing in recent years has changed quite dramatically, even in the last three years, like, you know, I did, there was a time three years ago where I, I, all I wanted was brightly colored leggings. Like that's all I wanted was to be able to wear brightly colored leggings. And I was having to import them from abroad. Whereas now um, you can even get fairly cheap, you know, like not expensive, perfectly like usable leggings in my size now. So I feel like that's progress. And as there's more demand, I think there are people out there. It doesn't necessarily have to be you and I, Kim, that are aware of that and will provide that in time. So and the same with sports bras, you know, there was a time where I really struggled to find a sports bra. And at least now I have a choice of a few. So, you know, there's a long way to go, but we're getting there and people are taking notice. Yeah. And that that's the main thing. There is progress. It's um, yeah. And who knows, as you say, sort of three, five years down the line. It, it might be even more hopefully be even more yeah i hope so we'll just keep pushing forward we keep stamping our feet and shouting about it and somebody might might take notice <laughs> oh, well i want to say a massive thank you for taking the time to talk to us becky it's been absolutely amazing you're very welcome i'm not sure if we covered half the things we said we were going to talk about but you know how it goes <laughs> it always does it always does i'm just conscious that like we've had you on for over an hour and we I, I feel like with every single podcast we're like right we'll get through and every single guest we're just gonna have to have back on because <laughs> because we could keep talking for another hour or two but what you're doing within the industry the change that you're trying to make and what you're doing for the people that you work with is just fantastic and everyone that you meet is looking to know you and everyone that you're working with is looking to have you in their lives so thank you so much for speaking to us oh you're so welcome thank you for having me on thank you for the work that you're both doing as well because you know we're all fighting the same fight so it's nice to chat with you not just over instagram (laughs) it's nice to like speak to you in person so yeah thank you it's been fabulous Thanks so much. Speak to you soon, Becky.